I'm Deva Flowers. And I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. Welcome to Creating Leaders of Character. Our purpose in creating this podcast is to help you empower yourself as a leader. Specifically as a leader of character. Deva and I come from two very different times. You might consider me an old school kind of leader. And I'm what might be considered an emerging leader. As different as our perspectives may be, we both agree that leading with character is important these days. Actually, it's always been important. Now, it may even be critical. Throughout this podcast, we'll share our perspectives, not to convince you to think like either of us, but to help you develop your own perspectives and apply them to make you a better leader. A leader of character. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Well, Miss Deva, how are you? I am good. Very good. Tired. Um, tired? Why are got, you tired? You're young. I've got some new some new toys, um, that, a new house. Uh, we moved into a new apartment, and uh, man, moving is just, it'll kick you in the side, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you don't spend all the extra money to, you know, have help. Uh, right. But, but it's Did really you do nice. It yourselves, you and your yeah, husband. Yeah, it was. It was just my husband and I. And oh uh, my. Well, we planned to have a little bit of extra help, but we got impatient. Really, oh, what happened? Okay. And so, no. Instead of waiting for people to be available, we just decided to use our brute strength and carry yeah. all the beds and whatever. <laughs> yep. That reminds me of a, a time, a long, long time ago, before you were born. We were, uh, when I was young, I guess probably in high school, we were moving from one house to another, just like you, uh, from apartment to apartment. But uh, we did have help. My dad had his um, two nephews, big, big, huge guys, hmm. uh, come help. And um, so they went over to the, the old house, and they put the appliances on the on the pickup, and then they brought it over to the new house. Well, when they got there, Mom comes out and talks to my nephews and says, hey, do you guys, would you like a cup of coffee? And of course, oh, yeah, sure. So they take off and my dad's standing there like, what? (laughs) He didn't hire them, but he got them to to help. And now they're gone. So uh, and then back in the day, refrigerators, appliances were very heavy. Now they're made out of a real thin Mm -hmm. aluminum and all that stuff. But anyway, uh, the the fridge is uh, sitting there on the pickup and dad looks at it. He goes over there and he picks it up oh off the goodness. pickup. He's he's on the ground. He picks it up off the pickup, sets it down on the on the floor onto a dolly, and then carries it into the house by himself. That's crazy. It's a it is. And uh, he was a very very strong man. He he was a meat cutter in a packing house, a meat packing mm-hmm. house, and he used to carry half a, a beef. Or, well, it was a quarter of a beef on either shoulder and carrying him down wow. the hallway. And it was like he was a a monster, but. Um, that's amazing. But anyway, yeah, you, you, uh, when you lose patience, you do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it seems like a very masculine uh, thing. If I can imagine <laughs> yeah. my husband doing that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad it's. Well, is it done? Are you done moving? Uh, now you yeah, just well, got to unpack. We don't have a couch, so there's that. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and uh, I have a whole other room now that we get to figure out how we're gonna decorate, make it into a guest room or otherwise. So yeah. I've got some. I've got some fun things to work on. Really. Yeah. Yeah, that can be fun. It is work, but it's fun. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, we just uh, celebrated Mother's Day, and uh, this time mm-hmm. next year, I will be uh, uh, greeting you with "Hey, Mom," uh, <laughs> something like that. And uh, we're about to. Well, I guess next next month is Father's Day, uh, so I got yeah. to thinking about uh, 
you know, when we talk about character, and we've we've mentioned this before on a previous podcast, is uh, where do you get it? And mm-hmm. we, uh, I think, we agreed that one source, if you will, is our family, the people that bring raise us. You know, whether it's actual blood family or or not, uh, but uh, still the people that uh, we live with. And I got to, to thinking about, you know, I, I can probably tell you, I don't know, maybe, maybe I can't tell you what I learned from my parents, but uh, I'm sure it's different than what you have learned from your parents. I mean, you're, you're 20 years old, I think still, right? You're not, mm-hmm. you're, yeah, you're not old enough to drink yet. Um, <laughs> no. Well, you live in Texas. I don't know how it is there, <laughs> but uh, uh, what have you learned from uh, your folks uh, and I know your grandparents brought you up uh, to some degree. What mm-hmm. what did they teach you about character that, that has made you who you are, Deva? Yeah, um, I want to comment on that. And I also want to say when Jacob and I started thinking about getting married, we went through this awesome marriage counseling. And the biggest thing they talked about was in order to have successful relationships, you really need to make sure that you overcome your own personal traumas, your own personal differences um, and understand how you work. And a lot of that, uh, good or bad, comes from your parents. And a lot of the good things you learn, you might want to recognize, oh, you know what? I did do that exactly like my mom or exactly like my dad. And then other, other times, maybe you get really angry and then you shut down every once in a while when conflict arises. And then after really thinking about it, you're like, you know what? Like, like my whole family did that. <laughs> and maybe yeah. that's not something that I need to continue to bring into my new marriage or my new relationship or my new leadership style. Um, so yeah, it's a really good, I, I just wanted to add like good or positive or negative, something to improve on or positive parts of your character. You can definitely get from your parents. Um, so yeah, my grandparents, um, they run a Christian summer camp for kids with autism. Um, it, so it's pretty, it's a pretty easy explanation to say that they're very caring and giving and um, they gave that to my mom. I uh, was thinking about your question about what things specifically I got from my parents. I've got one, um, which is, can be complicated, but it's, it's also good, I think, is um, my grandparents growing up, when my mom was growing up, they had a foster home for abused boys. So boys, they had, I think, 13 at a time. And over 15 to 20 years, I think they gave housing and and kind of leadership training to, to almost 120, 150 boys. And so growing up, my mom's thought process was, wow, these children have so little and I have so much. I need to learn how to give to them and to serve them. And so now she is the most giving, caring person I I have ever met. And most people are drawn to her because you walk into her house and she, she just starts handing you stuff. <laughs> she starts not necessarily giving you advice, but also thinking, you know, like, oh, it's, it's finding a need out of nothing. And um, so you'll come in, you say like, oh, I love your blender. Like, I love making smoothies, but I haven't in a while. And she'll say, oh, do you not have a blender? I have an extra one. And, or let's go get one or something like that. Um, so that's, that's one part of my family that I think when it came to getting into civil air patrol and the military, they started talking about like servant leadership. Um, I'm thankful that I'm such a giving person. And also the, there's always a flip side, which I wanted to recognize because not, not everything is sunshine and rainbows. I have noticed now, and I'm starting to kind of decode this part of myself 
I've noticed now that when I have a birthday party for myself or I have some kind of social gathering, I find myself so engrossed with how other people are feeling and any possible negative emotions that they may be feeling that I don't quite enjoy myself because I always want to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so there's that, that other side that, you know, you can't, you can't make everyone happy. You can't fix everything. And that's really hard for me because my family is so giving. So two sides. I think I may have shared with you before that my perspective on love is unconditional giving. You know, that to me, that's, that describes, that defines love. When you expect something in return for what you give, that's not love or loving. And, uh, and I, I've never thought about and I don't, well, I guess you can. I mean, you're describing giving too much love, uh, mm -hmm. giving too much, uh, but still, I think uh, uh, giving, giving stuff, giving things, uh, uh, even if it is, you know, uh, uh, an emotion, when there's an expectation of receiving something back, then that's not loving. Mm -hmm. You just give it, and whatever happens, happens. And you're right, you're, you're not going to please everybody. Uh, you, you try, and, and as much as you do, I think possibly the more you try, the less you're going to, you know, that, that old paradox, the yin and the yang, it's a, uh, you, you can't, I don't know. I don't know that you can give too much love, but at the same time when, and that's what I think what happens there. That's how I, I would explain it, uh, Deva, that there's an expectation of something. In return. Mm. I want you to uh, enjoy this. I want you to appreciate this or whatever. And you don't always get that. You know, the part that you can control is the giving. I give this because I have it. Uh, I've gotten in trouble for that. Uh, giving mm -hmm. stuff that I, well, I've given away stuff that didn't belong to me. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. I think sure that's, that's part very of loving. It. <laughs> that's know? part of it. My mom has done the same thing and, and regretted it. Um, yeah. So it's a, te there, there's that tendency to, Oh, this is the good thing that I'm supposed to do, but Oh, wait, I, I didn't have to do that. Um, yeah. That's, that's what I fall in the trap in with. I have all this time for this party, or I could really just sit here and enjoy myself because all these people are here for me. But instead I, I run around filling everyone's drink, you know, yeah. unnecessary little things that, that aren't necessary, but, um, are good. So yeah. <laughs> that's good. What well, about, Oh, go well, ahead. One of the things that, that, uh, that strikes me in this discussion is, and I don't know, you know, I've been to your campus once and it snowed uh, the only time in the last hundred years or so that it snowed. And it wasn't really nothing compared to what we are used to. Yeah. But nonetheless, um, uh, we have panhandlers. I think that's what they're called. Uh, Home, yeah. Supposedly homeless. I'm, I'm not sure that they're always homeless, but they're on the corners and, and stuff, you know, with their signs, you know, uh, I've, I've, we, we have a, a couple of folks down the street here that have been out of gas for about three years because that's yeah. what their sign says out of gas and I need them to get somewhere. Oh man! And, and, and you know, and I, it, it seems odd that you would be out of gas for three years, you know, yeah. and, and right. I've seen them, every, you know, when I worked, uh, I used to drive by them every once in a while and I'd see them there and I'm thinking, wow, um, that's a, a really big tank or, you, you know, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense, which yeah. it's a shame because uh, now I, I don't, I almost don't trust anyone mm -hmm. with those signs because I don't know if they need it. You know, I, I try, I strive to be a loving person. And if anyone needs whatever I have, I'm willing to give it to them. Mm -hmm. But if they're, you know, really not honest, they have no character. They have no integrity. It's just, uh, I, I remember not 
well, it's been a long time now, uh, sitting at a, uh, in a parking lot waiting for something or someone and watching this panhandler doing this, their job, you know, with their sign and all that stuff. And when they um, finish their, you know, their shift or whatever, uh, he, this guy walks across the street uh, with his brand new iPhone and uh, gets into a, a pretty nice Cadillac. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, uh, you know, that you're telling people that you're needy, but an iPhone is pretty expensive and the car you're driving is pretty expensive. So you're probably not needy or that needy, which, and, and maybe it's me, maybe I'm wrong, but nonetheless, now, you know, I'm wondering, and again, which leads to, I don't give to everyone mm-hmm. because they may be, you know, I don't want to say crooks, but they may not have integrity. Maybe they're not needy. If they are needy, I'll, I'll take care of them. I'll help them. But it's hard to tell anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really relate to your story. Um, and specifically, I think of my time growing up at the camp for kids with autism. Um, a lot of these people, you know, maybe they are uh, lying, but maybe they all are also needy. And depending on how they got themselves into this situation, especially in in Austin, I I just see a lot of mental illness um, really surfacing in these people. And and that gives me a lot of empathy for them because even if they are, you know, cussing at everybody that walks down the street or, you know, smoking profusely, um, you know, there's some kind of trauma and hurt there as well. Um, but you're right. It, it makes it more difficult to, to give freely because there's to me, maybe it's because I'm a woman and young, but there's an element of danger too. I feel very uncomfortable when people walk up to my window and they're so close to me. Um, and I also feel negative. I feel bad whenever I have to lock my doors when someone walks by my car. Um, but you have to be careful. And, uh, I, I mean, I have some good stories. It was just last week that, there was somebody who had longer hair, pulled it, had his, had his hair pulled back. He maybe looked 30 years old. Um, he, uh, he was just sitting there. He had, he said, will work. And I like that when they say like, I'm looking for a job. Um, but the only, and you know, I, I'm, it's very sad when I, when I think about how hungry they might be and it was very hot outside. And, uh, the only thing I had in my car was a cold wrapped in plastic cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and so I said, excuse me, would you like a cold cucumber? <laughs> and, and man, he was so happy. He said, oh, it's cold. And that's then the light turned green and I, and I kept driving, but, um, you know, little things like that feel good where I'm like, oh, really? Like the, the best thing I could do for you is give you like a hydrating cold cucumber out of my fridge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, I had my daughter, uh, offer someone uh, they, we had just been through, I think it was uh, Popeye's. We had just gotten some food at Popeye's and she had a, a, a bunch left over. And yeah. when we got to the corner and this person, you know, is uh, asking for money and, uh, and uh, I'm hungry. Okay. So she gives him the, this bag of food and he rejects it. He says, no, I don't want that. It's like, wait a minute. Your sign says you're hungry and this is food. I mean, it's Popeye's. Maybe you don't like it, but still it's edible, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, which again, you know, obviously, he didn't want, he was not that hungry. He was yeah. wanting the food. And, and, and again, it's, you know, if it's, if I give you money to eat, well now, and now I guess I'm being uh, hypocritical because my expectation is that you'll eat, not use it for, and there's a lot of them here, they're smoking, you know, the, uh, that's like really literally burning money. 
you know, yeah. if you're smoking. So you, if you, and I, I don't understand because I'm not a smoker, so I don't have that habit and maybe it's that difficult to break, but it seems, um, uh, and they have dogs. They always have dogs. So, which means, you know, and I've, I've lately gotten to loving my dogs more. I, I was never a, a pet person, uh, but I am the, in the last uh, year and a half, but mm -hmm. still, you know, you got to feed them. So yeah. are you going to eat or are you going to feed them? And what do you do then? You know, now you've got a, a bigger dilemma than you started out with. So not that they shouldn't have dogs. It's just, I don't know. It's just very difficult. But, yeah. but the point, the point is that what the, your parents, your family has taught you is to be loving mm -hmm. and caring. Yeah. And that can, and that can get you into trouble. Um, and so there's <laughs> positives and negatives. I mean, there was a car wreck on the side of the road just this weekend and it was dark. Um, and I, I know CPR. Um, I mean, I have some emergency response training. And so, um, the quite like the immediate thought is, do I get out of the car or do I keep driving? And in that scenario, somebody had their hazards on, there was two people standing outside and it was really dark and in a bad area. So I called the police and then I kept driving and that didn't feel good, but there was also an element of danger and I have to keep myself out of being too giving and getting run over or, you know, maybe the, I don't know, car blows up, somebody has a gun, something like that. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, so I, I like the the double side of the coin. I like being able to say um, one of the things my husband loves about me and tells me all the time is that I'm so giving of my time and and efforts. And then also that I try too hard. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. it's two sides. And uh, what about you? It's, what's one thing your, your parents really, really ingrained in you? Uh, I think the, the most important thing that they taught me, other than love, just like you is uh, respect and uh, and that's i think we've talked about that uh, a couple of times on the, on the podcast that you know that we were always taught to be respectful of and i, I think you know part of my culture is uh, chicano and part of it is yaki the the chicano part is uh, or i'm not sure that you can separate it but mainly i got the the respect for others elders from the uh, Chicano part, which is really similar to the uh, the Yaki part, where the Yaki part, and and as I learn more about my uh, uh, native culture, I, I learned to have respect for nature, and I appreciate nature. Now, possibly I, I've gained that more because I'm I'm around it more, and I can I can I have time to appreciate it. Before I was working, and you know, like similar to going to school, you got a lot of stuff to do. You know, so you don't have time to, to smell the roses, as they say. Yeah. Uh, but now I do have plenty of time to smell the roses. So I'm more affected by nature than I ever have been. And maybe that's just part of my uh, maturization and, and growth, my evolution. But uh, but respect is a big thing. I, I think you already know that. And, you know, being in the military for 50 years, we I'm not going to say we've lost it in the, uh, the Air Force, but um, it's changed. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's like uh, I was having this conversation with someone uh, last week about, uh, in fact, he was a captain, uh, about respect. He asked me about, because uh, so many schools, especially the academies, have uh, problems with sexual assault. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, I think all schools have that. I think the culture is just that way. But um, he asked me, how how do you fix this? You know, what's, what's your uh, fix for, for all of this problem? And I told him, you know, the sexual assault, any kind of assault, I think, is a symptom of the problem and the problem is lack of respect when we respect each other as human beings as people as persons regardless of uh, uh, culture or skin color or whatever uh, 
then we don't do some other as much of that stuff. I think, I think, but uh, but nonetheless, uh, my my folks always taught me to be respectful, and uh, I still try. You know, I, I still call you Miss Deva most yeah. of the time <laughs> just to be respectful. And you're like what three uh, three times younger than I am. I so am. Don't I don't, think don't, so. don't don't mention <laughs> it. Be respectful, okay? Nobody knows know. how old I am. <laughs> that's funny. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that, that's I think the number one thing. Well, uh, we're, we're running out of time. I'll tell you what, let's keep this discussion going on next week. Uh, oh, think great. about this some more. Uh, love is the number one thing that you learn. Respect is a one and two for me. Uh, let's see what happens in the next week. You know, part of it, I think, has to do with awareness. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we, we really, like you said at the very beginning of it, what you, you were mentioning, we don't even realize the thing, these things I'm becoming my dad more every day. I am. I, I can I can see it. Uh, I'll tell you more about that next week. Yeah, sounds good, Chief. Thanks. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. We hope that there was something that you heard in this episode that will help empower you to become a better leader. A leader of character. If you'd like to connect with us, please email us at cloc at leadershipandforesight.org. Until next time, be great. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight.